betrayal. We've all heard the word, but could it be why you're not healing? Could it be why you even got sick in the first place? I always talk about a perfect storm of how we got sick and really going upstream and looking at what these storms are in our life. Well, man, this is a big one. Betrayal. This isn't, as you'll find out, the average stressor. And this episode will give us clues if is why betrayal could be a part of your story. Uh, and, and I think one of the best parts about this episode is she really gives us the stages on how to get out. So stay tuned. This one will be one that you might want to share because when you go through it, you're going to say, okay, this is partly me, but I also know somebody else. Check it out. Welcome to Cellular Healing TV. I'm Ashley Smith, and today we welcome Dr. Debbie Silber, who is founder of the Post-Betrayal Transformation Institute. She's a holistic psychologist and a health, mindset, and personal development expert. She's here to talk about betrayal and how an unhealed betrayal is impacting our health, work, and our relationships. Wow, I cannot wait for this conversation. So let's get started and welcome Dr. Debbie and of course, Dr. Pompa to the show. Welcome both of you. Thank you. Looking forward to our conversation. Yeah, me too. I, you know, this, I said even before we uh, got on air here that, you know, I'm just so intrigued. Uh, you know, I, I look at my history, you know, and I, I really wanted my wife to even be on here. And I said that just because, you know, we have such a story and the to you know, impact or to unfold our story and how betrayal is a part of it. You know, I, I can almost not do it justice. There might be a part two to the show. <laughs> but, I just um, need an invitation. That works. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, but when we when we look at people that can't get well, when we look at people how they get sick, mm-hmm. I always see it as a perfect storm. Uh, matter of fact, I train my doctors to unravel the perfect storm in someone's life, meaning it, it's never just physical you know, it's physical, chemical, emotional, and there's typically three stressors that come together, bam, it happens. And, you know, this is very specific betrayal. Mm-hmm. And I, I think obviously we're going to unravel that today. And it's emotional impact, of course, you know, but it's impact on our physical body and how it could keep us from uh, healing. It starts with your story because, I mean, obviously you've been there. I mean, you've been on mm-hmm. some major networks. Uh, you've done two TED Talks on this topic. It's taken off, number one best-selling book. So thank you for being here, but share your story. Of course, thank you. And, and thank you for just giving me an opportunity to shed light on this topic for those who aren't who don't realize how big of an issue betrayal is. So mm-hmm. you, you don't study something like betrayal if because you want to. <laughs> you know, you study it because you have to. And I was no different. Mm-hmm. I've been in health mindset, personal development since 1991. And uh, it was it was my own betrayals. First, it was my family, and I'm the most family oriented person. Mm. But I didn't, I guess, quite get uh, learn all the lessons I was meant to learn from that experience. So I had another opportunity, and this time it was my husband, blindsided, devastated, what anybody goes through. Uh, but I was desperate to understand this. And for me, I just, when I want to learn something, I go to the experts, I go where the information is. How can I, how can I learn about this? Mm. So got him out of the house. And one of the lessons I learned that was consistent to both of my betrayals was I wasn't even on my own to-do list. It was about everybody else. I had four kids and six dogs and this thriving practice, but I, 
I never took my own needs seriously. So one of the first things I did, uh, maybe not what everybody else would do, but one of the first things I did was enroll in a PhD program in transpersonal psychology, the psychology of transformation and human potential. I was just obsessed with that because I was changing and I didn't quite understand what was happening. Anyway, it was time to do a study. So I studied betrayal. What holds us back? What helps us heal? And what happens to us physically, mentally, and emotionally when the people closest to us lie, cheat, and deceive? And that study led to three groundbreaking discoveries. And I'm happy to share the discoveries and everything that's happened since. Yeah. And it led to, uh, even to a study that I want you to share, which is mm -hmm. part of that. So, well, let, I mean, let, let's back up just a moment, right? Um, we're yeah. saying betrayal. You know, what does mm -hmm. that even mean? Why does it hurt? You know, I'm saying, why does it, why, why is it more impactful than other things, yeah. right? What, what, what are we talking about? Well, I define it as the breaking of a spoken or unspoken rule. Every relationship has a, a, a set of rules. Think about it. I was going to be here today. We were going to meet and chat. And if I didn't, well, I would have betrayed you. I mean, it wouldn't have devastated you, right? But the way it works is the more we trust, the more we depend on someone, the bigger the betrayal. So for example, a child who's completely dependent on their parent and that mm -hmm. parent does something awful, that's going to have a different impact than let's say your coworker taking credit for your idea. Yeah. Still hurts, but it won't have the same physical, mental, emotional impact mm -hmm. to it, but it has lots of faces. It could be your best friend telling your secrets, your partner having an affair, your coworker taking credit, you know, your, uh, a partner taking the company funds. I mean, it's endless. Yeah. I, I just, you know, again, you just brought up things, right? We can all go through and there's some level of scale, meaning you just said things. It's like, it happened to me, it happened to me, it happened yeah. to me. I mean, is there a building effect? I mean, or, you know, it, meaning that everyone has betrayals. So mm -hmm. at what point does it start causing disease, sickness, and non-healing in the body? Yeah, sure. Well, first I'll tell you how you even know if someone hasn't healed, because yeah, we see it in, in health work relationships. Like I'll see it in, in relationships. And it just, I, I thought about this when you said that if you have repeat betrayals, it's an unhealed betrayal mm -hmm. because people say all the time, why is it that I keep uh, going? The, I have the same boss or the same, you know, friendships or the same partner. Is it me? Yes, it is. You haven't learned whatever it is you're supposed to learn. So you keep getting opportunities to learn whatever that yeah. is. Yeah. So if it's a repeat betrayal, it's not, it's an unhealed betrayal, but then there's the other thing that I see all the time where someone puts that big wall up. They're like, nope, been there, done that. No one's getting close to me again. Yeah. And they think that's coming from a place of strength, but no, it's not. It's an unhealed betrayal. They've been so hurt that they're just protecting themselves at all costs. Mm -hmm. So what are, does this tie into some exact physical things? I mean, you know I'm saying in other words, oh, if yeah. I was listening to this, I'd be like, well, you know, are there physical symptoms that ties yeah. in specifically with this? Absolutely. You know, there's out of the three discoveries, one of them was that there's this collection of symptoms so common to betrayal, physical, mental, and emotional. It's known as post-betrayal syndrome. And we've oh. had over 10,000 people in the last year and a half take the quiz. Oh. What's so, and I actually pulled some stats I want to share with you, but what's so interesting is we've all heard time heals all wounds. I have the proof when it comes to betrayal, that's not true. Mm -hmm. There's a question on this on the quiz that reads: Is there anything else you'd like to share? We do. We have the. I should ask Ashley this: Do we have the quiz for our viewers that, to take? How can they access that? Oh, I could just give the yeah. So the the link would be the PBT as in post betrayal transformation the pbtinstitute.com forward slash quiz okay all right yeah because I, I want everyone to take it obviously uh, so so there's a question that reads is there anything else you'd like to share and people say things like my betrayal happened 40 years ago i can feel the hate 
My betrayal happened 35 years ago. I'm unwilling to trust again. My betrayal happened 10 years ago. It feels like it happened. It felt like it happened yesterday, you know, but I, but I did pull some stats and, and I think you're going to find these really interesting. So, um, just a few 94% deal with painful triggers. Now with triggers, this could be full blown PTSD symptoms where your body is responding as if it's happening right there again. So, you know, we think it's just reserved for war vets. No, no, it's where betrayal happens to uh, physical. These are just the physical symptoms. 71% have low energy. 68% have sleep issues. 63% extreme fatigue, uh, 47% weight changes, and 45% digestive issues. And that's anything. That's constipation, di diarrhea, IBS, Crohn's. I mean, you name it. And it makes so much sense. What I found so interesting about just the gut issues too. Think about what the gut does. Absorbs, digests, processes food. Isn't a betrayal difficult to absorb, digest, and process, right? <laughs> And, you know, so that's just that. Then here's some mental ones. 78% are overwhelmed, 70% disbelief, 64% are in shock and 62% unable to concentrate. So do you just mix the physical with the mental? And you could see how challenging that is. And now I'm going to throw in some emotional symptoms, the most common. 88% experience extreme sadness and 83% anger. You just mix sadness and anger together. And that could be a lethal combination. 82% are hurt, 80% experience anxiety, and 79% are stressed. Now, here's why I wrote the book, Trust Again. 84% have an inability to trust. 67% prevent themselves from forming deep relationships because they're afraid of being hurt again. 82% find it hard to move forward. 90% want to move forward and they don't know how. Mm. Well, you got a lot of people's attention, I would argue here. <laughs> okay, so the yep. study revealed some breakthroughs, right? Because mm -hmm. my mind, again, I'm thinking as my viewer and listener, it's like, mm -hmm. okay, great. Okay, this sounds like it might be me. I'll take the quiz, but I already know it's probably me. Okay, mm -hmm. what the heck do I do about it? Talk about the study because it did lead to some big breakthroughs that people yeah. need to hear. Yeah, absolutely. So one of them was that there is this uh, post-betrayal syndrome. It's real and it exists. That was one. These are the other two. At first, I was studying post-traumatic growth, like the upside of trauma, how that trauma, regardless of whatever it is, uh, leaves you with a new awareness, perspective, insight that you didn't have beforehand. But I thought about it and I said, you know, I've been through death of a loved one. I've been through disease. I had peritonitis. I was in the ICU for 11 days. So I know other traumas, but this felt so different. I didn't want to assume. So I asked my study participants and I said, if you've been through other traumas, does betrayal feel different for you? Hands down unanimously. They said, oh my gosh, it's a totally different animal. So first of all, it needed a new name. So the healing of betrayal is now called post-betrayal transformation. But here's why. When you lose, let's take someone you love. You grieve, you're sad, you mourn the loss, life will never be the same. But you don't necessarily take it personally. Betrayal is personal. You take okay, it personally. That was part of my question because I'm yeah. like, why is this different? Like, yeah. you know, a lot of people, you know, have abandonment issues, right? Mm -hmm. Or you know, why is this different? I guess the answer is that it's so personal. Is that, am I right? It feels so personal. So you take it so, it feels so intentional. So you take it so personally, and then the entire self has to be completely rebuilt. Rejection, abandonment, 
confidence, worthiness, belonging, trust, those are huge. They all get shattered. So if I were to come up with an equation, it would be post-traumatic growth, like the upside of healing, plus rebuilding the self equals post-betrayal transformation. And that's why someone who is completely healed from a betrayal is a warrior. Because think about it, this is, this is the person you felt the closest to. This is the person who said, you're safe. I got you. Your safety, your level of safety and security is assured. And that's the very person who shatters it. Mm. So there's a lot to heal from. The other uh, discovery was that while we can stay stuck for years, decades, a lifetime, and many of us do, if we're going to heal, we're going to move through five stages. Yeah. And we also know uh, what happens physically, mentally, and emotionally at every stage. And we know what it takes to move from one to the next, which means now that healing from betrayal is predictable. And I'm happy to go through the stages. Yeah, I everyone... want you to go through the stages because yeah. that's, you know, the, that's the key to breaking through here, obviously, right? Absolutely. So yeah, let, let's, let's do that because I want to sure. give my viewers a vision of what this looks like. And they will see now, there are so many people probably watching, listening who say, oh, no, no, mine happened 30, 40 years ago. And I'm telling you, they will be stuck in one particular stage. You'll see exactly why. The stage one, this is like a setup stage. And I just saw this with every single study participant. If you imagine four legs of a table, the four legs being physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. What I saw with everybody was a real heavy lean on the physical and the mental and, and really neglecting the emotional and the spiritual. So what does that look like? It looks like we're really good at thinking and doing and not really prioritizing the feeling and being. The feeling and being, I mean, that's where our intuition lies. Mm -hmm. We turn that down. Easy for that table to topple over if we're only centered on two legs. That's the same with us. That's not to say if you're busy, it's a setup for betrayal. It's just what I consistently saw. Stage two, we're blindsided. This is the shock, D-Day, Discovery Day. And this is the breakdown of the body, the mind, the worldview. And, you know, one of my study participants said, you know what it feels like? It feels like every negative emotion you can you can experience getting punched in the gut and losing a child in a crowd at the same time. It feels like that shock, total shock. So think about it when you're when you've been shocked, you're you've ignited the stress response. Now you're headed for every single stress related symptom, illness, condition, disease. Your mind is in a complete and total state of chaos and overwhelm. You cannot wrap your mind around what you just learned. And your worldview is shattered. Your worldview is your mental model. These are the rules. This is how it works. Don't go there. This person's safe. And in a moment, it's totally shattered. And a new, a new uh, mental model hasn't been constructed yet. So this is by far the scariest stage. Hmm. But think about it. If you were walking down the street and the bottom were to bottom out on you, you know what would you do? You'd grab hold of anything to stay safe and stay alive. That's stage three survival instincts emerge. It's the most practical stage. If you can't help me get out of my way, how will I survive this experience? What do I do? Who can I trust? Where do I go? Here's the trap. Once you've figured out how to survive, because it feels so much better yeah. than the shock and trauma of where you've been, you're like, okay, I'm good. You haven't even transformed yet. Yeah. But it's, it's such a relief to just be alive based on that. So now what happens is you're not meant to be here long. 
But, but because you're here, you start getting these uh, small self, these secondary gains, these small self benefits from being here. You get to be right. You get your story. You get someone to blame. You get a target for your anger, right? You get sympathy from everybody you tell your story to. You so don't have I, to I would argue most people function right here their whole life, uh, you know, if they don't break out of it. It's safe. And I'm going to show, I'm going to get you in so deep so you see why you get, this is where people stay. Exactly. You're 100% right. And this is where they stay. They get so much benefit. And then the mind starts doing things like, well, you know what? Maybe you're not all that great. Maybe yeah. you deserve it. Maybe, you know. And then it gets even worse because now you start doing that. You're not happy with your body, with your health, with your relationships, with your finances, with your life. So here's where, you know, you start using things like food, drugs, alcohol, work, TV, keeping busy because you're not happy, but you don't think it gets any better than this. Here's where you resign yourself to thinking this is good as it gets. So I don't know, I guess I'll just be okay with it. And when you're in this place, you could stay there for life. So th this is the group where, where they're, they, they've gotten so used to being like this, with this identity, being in this space, they have no idea. There's a level four and level, stage four and stage five. So the people who come to see you, right, yeah. who, for, for their illness, ma the majority, they're in that stage two, stage three. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. So anyway, if you're, if you're willing to let go of some of those benefits and willingness is one of the biggest words here, you can move to stage four. Stage four is finding and adjusting to a new normal. Here's acceptance. Here's where you realize, you know what? I cannot undo what happened, but I can control what I do with it. So I always liken this to, if you've ever moved to a, a new house, office, condo, apartment, you know, your stuff isn't there just yet. All your stuff isn't there. It's not quite cozy, but it's gonna be okay. And when you're in this space, you know, you're turning the stress response down a bit. You're not physically healing just yet, but you're not causing the massive damage you were causing in stage two and stage three. Mm -hmm. And what's so interesting about this stage also is think about it. If you were moving, you don't necessarily take everything with you. I saw friendships change here. If your friends weren't there for you, it, uh, you've outgrown them. If, if they're just indulging in, you know, like low energy gossip, whatever it is, you don't have the space for it. You're, you're on a different level. So people say to me all the time, Dr. Debbie, is it me? Yes, it is. You're transforming and you've just outgrown them. Anyway, when you're in that space, making it your own, accepting healing, you can move to stage five and that's healing, rebirth, and the new worldview the body starts to heal. You didn't have the bandwidth for eating well and exercising, self-love, self-care. You were surviving. Now you do. Your mind, you're making new rules, new boundaries, new everything. And you have a new worldview based on your experience. And the four legs of the table, remember in the beginning, it was all about the physical and the mental. We're solidly grounded because now we're paying attention to the emotional and the spiritual too. Those are the five stages. Right. Yeah. And what do you see? I mean, how do we bring someone along there? Right. I mean, if, if I was watching this again, you know, it's like, okay, great. Maybe you're stuck in two, maybe you're stuck in three, but I mean, how do you advance? I mean, yeah. can you do it yourself? Do you need help? You know, the, the, I'll tell you the study proved, and I saw it just even with my own experience, we, we need support more than ever, but this is a time where we're the least likely to seek it because there's so much judgment, so much shame, so much embarrassment. I mean, that, that's honestly, that was one of the biggest reasons why I wrote the book. I said, okay, if they're not going to seek support, 
let them just in the privacy of their own home at least get a sense of support. But that's exactly why we created the community. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, the, I mean, we, we need that. There were actually three groups in the study who didn't heal also. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that was a really big factor. Support was key. What was so interesting too, you know, speaking of, of health, I know that's, uh, that's your wheelhouse. There was one group and this was the group where the betrayer had no consequences. So whether it was because of, of religious reasons, financial fears, not wanting to break up a family or just fear, period. They tried to overlook it. They tried to put it aside. The only thing I saw in that group was a further deterioration of the relationship. And by far, hands down, that group was the most physically ill. So wait, so when you said the betrayer, I'm going back, mm-hmm. had no yeah. consequences. So, yeah. um, so therefore, if you are the person betrayed, yeah. it's the person who you feel betrayed you didn't have consequences? Yes. Is that what you're saying? Okay. All yes. Right. So sure. when they tried to put it behind them because they just wanted, you know, they, they wanted to act like everything was okay or whatever. Now, the biggest challenge here, and I see this, listen, this was what happened in my own instance. There's got to be this complete and utter death and destruction of the old, of the old relationship, of the old you. And that's the only way you can rebirth something new something new but if you're unwilling to let go of that old that can't happen but rebuilding is always a choice whether you rebuild yourself and move on that's what i did with my family or if the situation lends itself and you want to you rebuild something entirely new with the person who hurt you and my husband and i married each other again not long ago um two two things okay so the betrayer um I mean, wouldn't most often they be clueless because of their own wounds that they even betrayed this person? You know what I'm saying? Meaning that yeah. so many people run like that, you know, really? Uh, you know, that that's part one. Two types of people. Sometimes a betrayal uh, shocks the person who did the betraying enough to say, what the heck was I doing? And it wakes them up just as the person who's betrayed is shocked. The person who was the betrayer is shocked and then their transformation is underway as well. But then the other side of this is, you know, that the discovery day shows you who you're really with. So it, it reveals one of two things. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, you know, evaluate that, especially if it's a pattern. Yeah. Okay, but can't we just change our perception of the, the situation, the betrayer, uh, the betrayer or the betrayal Meaning if we change our perception, you know, our world becomes, you know, how we view our world, right? So, mm-hmm. um, you know, meaning that I can't change the way the betrayer looks at it, right? So, I, you know, I can't convince him or her that they've even betrayed me. And if, mm-hmm. you know, there's no consequence, which I think most often there wouldn't be for them because they go on with their life. Mm-hmm. Then is it now, okay, I, I can't let that affect my life, Right. So yes. I have to change the way I view the betrayal and the person who betrayed me. Isn't that the key? It's, it's, that's really important. And what's most important is, and that's why anybody who comes into our community, it's all about the betrayed person healing. And they don't want to do that necessarily because they're afraid of what's going to show up. You know, what's going to happen if they're at their, their physical, mental, and emotional best. What usually happens is they've completely outgrown their betrayer. Mm-hmm. So they, they don't want to risk that. So it's almost like here, if I, if I do this, this, this thing here, what, when someone's betrayed, right, here's where they started. 
our work is to get them to their physical, mental, emotional best, right? But what they do is they keep doing this because they don't want to outgrow that person. But our work is just getting them here. So when they are so rock solid here, they're not moving. Either this person says, I better step up my game for real, right? Or they, they just go their own way. But the, the work is here. Or when they're just staying here, you know, eventually you get this thing, right? Where this person's yeah. like, who are you? And you're like, I'm not the least bit interested in you. Yeah, you know, I, I guess my, my brain's just stuck on this poor person whose betrayer mm -hmm. is, you know, because you said so many of them don't heal. I don't remember the percentage, but it was a mm -hmm. high percentage who don't heal because their betrayer didn't have consequences. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking in my mind, you know, well, crap, you know, it's like, you know, how can we just change the perception of that reality and flip it so it's not the case, right? I hate the fact that somebody's future um, happiness would be determined by whether there's consequences from the you know the betrayer or the hurt exactly and yeah. what's even crazier about it is this person think about it they could have done something 10 20 30 40 plus years ago they don't know care or even remember right. and look at the life that this person is look at the choices they're making the health they have the things they're not doing the relation the the levels of intimacy they're afraid to get to because of what someone did years ago if that's the biggest crime right there yeah exactly i mean i i would mm -hmm. argue that most people's betrayers they probably moved on then clueless as they are and you'll never convince them nor is it your job to mm -hmm. so again i i think the, the responsibility then is forget about them you've got to perceive your betrayal is somehow a positive right somehow is like okay you know all right even if i brought it on i kept choosing it but there's a mm -hmm. there's a lesson there but let me be better from it is there a process that you help people with that? Because if we can get absolutely. them to perceive it differently, we can change their world. Yeah, oh, absolutely. But sometimes they have they they feel they have too much to lose when they give up their, that story because that, that story has become their identity. I, I, no, I, it becomes an identity. I agree. Yeah. And, and what, my gosh, what would I be without that story? I, I, I believe me, I, I face that all the time. Yeah, so what do you yeah. do with that? Well, the, you know, it's like, for example, I, I remember... Uh, I had a woman, she came in, she goes, well, arms full, I want to heal. I'm like, no, you don't. No, you don't. Cause you have to give that whole thing up yeah. and all the benefits you're getting. They don't realize, but what I try to do is tell them what's waiting for them when they do. First of all, think about it. They get a new story. They get a much better story. They get to be the hero or the heroine of their story. They get to stop this accelerated aging, you know, that's going on. They get opportunities they never would have had access to because they're so busy focused on the past, you know, but sometimes they're just, they don't trust and that's the biggest issue. They don't trust yeah. themselves that, you know, because they don't know who they'd be healed. They stay with what's familiar. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree. I let's talk to the people in stage three, because I, mm -hmm. I think, that, you know, I think it's the most dangerous place, right? Because it is. it is in fact, you know, the most functional, if you will. Right. Yes. You know, it's like a functional alcoholic, right? It's mm -hmm. like they're going about their life, but yet, you know, they're absolutely not happy. So, um, you know, here, here they are, right? Mm -hmm. And we want to show them that the future or their even existence, you know, could be even better, mm -hmm. right? And so talk to that person right now as if you would, if they were sitting across from you, there the person is, they're stuck in three, 
you know, and their life is like, well, you know, I'm getting such benefit from all of this. And my gosh, mm-hmm. I, these people I keep away. And this is, I mean, you know, the stories, right? I mean, oh, I hear it every that, single day. So that person is in front of you right now. Yeah. What do you say? I'm going to get, I'm going to give you two visuals because it's going to explain it so well. And this person will see this and feel this. One is I picture this trapeze you're holding on. Here's your stage three, holding on for dear life. You even see stage four and you can even grab onto that, you know, that bar. But think about it, you're not going anywhere unless you let go of that first hand. So they're they're determined to hold on to that stage three, but it's only when they let that go can they move forward. So that visual sometimes helps. And I have another one too. This is going to explain it so so clearly because I think we think resilience and transformation is the same thing. Bouncing back, restoring, bringing back what was lost. Totally different thing. So let's take this analogy of a house. Let's say the house needs a boiler and you get a boiler that would be resilience or it needs a roof. You get a roof, that would be resilience. Here's trauma and transformation. A tornado comes by, levels the house. New boiler's not fixing it and a new roof's not fixing it. Now, here's the challenge because you have every right to stand there at the lot where your house once stood and say, this is the worst thing that's ever happened. And you'd be right. And you can call over everybody you know, say, isn't this terrible? They'd all agree. And you, you actually, can mourn your house for the rest of your life. However, if you, re- if you choose to rebuild the house, why would you build the same one? There's nothing there, right? You could build the most magnificent house you ever want. That's what's waiting for you when you're willing to let that go. But they'd but rather stare and cry at the house. Maybe the danger though is, is rebuilding a new house with new features, but yet, but yet it's still new features, right? Meaning it. it's, it's not a different foundation, right? That's, uh, you know, so you end up with a house with the same problems, right? You know, but it's, anyway. it's that, that's it. It's the fear of the unknown. You know, it's, and I always say when, when the pain of where you are becomes greater than the fear of the unknown, that's when you move. And until then you're staying in it, not because it's good, only because it's so familiar. But what I found is as, as much as that stage two, those people, find the healing because they're desperate to feel better. The stage three almost need it more. Yeah, no, I agree. It's a more dangerous mm-hmm. place because you've solved your problem, right? But yet, so, okay, let, let's say this, like, cause maybe people are out there. So um, mm-hmm. I think we kind of hit this, but it's worth reviewing, I guess. So um, symptoms that you haven't solved your problem and you're in fact in stage three, you know, physical, emotional symptoms, like what, what does that person look like? Yeah, I'll tell you exactly what, what that person, let's call her Sue, because this is the person I see every single day. Yeah. Her, she's exhausted. She, so now she's, uh, she can't sleep. So she's taking something to help her sleep. She's exhausted. So she's using sugar and caffeine for energy. So now she's gaining weight. She has, she's irritable. She can't focus. So her doctor puts her on mood stabilizers or anti-anxiety meds. She is, she's lost her confidence. So now she may not be uh, performing well at whatever work she is, but yet she doesn't have the confidence to speak up, you know, or to, or to try to do anything differently. She is just trying to stay alive. She is irritable. Her adrenals have tanked. Her immune system is shot. She's gaining weight. She's, she is just a shell of herself trying to stay alive. And, and are there other stages of that? Meaning that like people that are functioning a little bit better, but mm-hmm. still in it, right? You know what I'm saying? I mean, do you see different levels of damage, I guess? And, and is it proportional to their level of betrayal? 
it, it, it is proportional to their level of betrayal and also their willingness to see things for what they really are. Like there are instances where, where they have what to work with if they're trying to rebuild with that person. Uh, and in other cases, it's a complete and total waste of time. Now, I always say it's, you just need to work on you, period. But what I see is the person who is just spending their energy trying to convince or prove or whatever it is, like, don't you see the harm you caused? Don't you see the damage you caused? I mean, when we're spending our, our time, our effort, our attention, it's like best case scenario, you only have 100%. If you're spending 40, 50, 60 of it, on the other person, you only have what's left to work on you. So they're, they're spending time in an area that's not serving them as well. How, how often um, is it somebody that's, you know, gone in somebody's life or someone who's still present in somebody's life and they're still day in, day out functioning with that person? Like, what do you see the most of or, you know? Yeah, it, it's really all different kinds of combinations. There's no, there's no one over another, but I see the, I mean, it's, it's very common if there are no consequences, that person experiences repeat betrayal, repeat betrayal, repeat betrayal. Their body is tanking. I mean, it, it, they are so unhealthy. They're just uh, emotionally, they're, they're just, they're so spent. They're so depleted. Uh, they're and they're taking it personally. Right. Yeah. So as if it weren't bad enough, they think it's them. Do they and, have a lot of relationship, um, you know, debris around them? <laughs> they do. Yeah. yeah. Because think about it. It's also you know when it comes to betrayal, you also need to be really careful who you talk with. I mean, and I know. Uh, there are so many people who they say, oh, I'll go see a therapist. Now that could be great. Talk therapy is a, a piece of this, but this stuff gets lodged in the cells. I mean, you need to dive deep with, with healing yeah. here. But although that, that hits one level, if that therapist isn't highly skilled when it comes to betrayal, it does more harm than good. Mm -hmm. But it's also through the lens of, of the other person. Like for example, let's take yeah. a husband and wife and the husband is a typical narcissist. He goes from one affair to another and the wife confides in her mother-in-law right? Typical scenario. But that mother-in-law just wants to know everything's okay and wants to know you're not breaking up. So she may say one thing that has, you know, doesn't even validate what, what the person who's been betrayed goes oh, yeah, through. Totally. Yeah. So you have, it's to be, awful. you have to be careful. You yeah. answered one of my questions partly there, because I, I say, do, do people need a counselor for this? Can they just get their book, your book, you know, um, you know, is there a level that could just get the book or needs a counselor? You know what, it's, it's, of course, the book is so helpful, but not even necessarily a, a, a counselor. I mean, this, you need, you, you can't go through this alone. I mean, this is, it's like, first of all, you're in a club you never wanted to be in. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, you need to be with people who, who will not keep you stuck, who get it, who understand, uh, and, and who don't just try to minimize it or, and that's not to say, you know, to have you drown in it, but it needs to be validated and it needs to be, um, it needs to be worked through it, because think about well, it, things like belonging and trust me, these are huge. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, I mean, if you asked any counselor, mm -hmm. psychologist, oh, do you deal with betrayal? hundred percent will say, yes, I deal with betrayal. Okay. Yeah. Right. I mean, the same with abandonment. 
you know, but I mean, is there specific questions to ask to make sure you have the right person and how do you find the right person for that person looking for the person? Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's, and it's a great question. I mean, honestly, that's why I certify our coaches and practitioners. Because okay, right. Okay. So where do they get one of those and how do they find you can give your website now? This would be appropriate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it's all on the site. And, and what I do though, in our community, we certify coaches and practitioners because yes, there's an element of you need to you need to express your story for the sake of doing something with it. So all of our coaches and practitioners are certified in the five stages. So they know exactly where someone's stuck and they also know how to keep moving them forward. All right. So your website, they can find a list of people that would help them. How do they do that? Within the community. So it's the PBT as in post-betrayal transformation, the pbtinstitute.com. It's all there. All right. And where do they find your book? The book, Trust Again, you can just go right to uh, right to Amazon. It's finally back in stock. It was sold out twice before it was ever released. So now I'm hearing it's back. So grab your copy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's an amazing topic. It really is. You know, I mean, my, my uh, you know, what I've been called to is people that have unexplainable illnesses, right? And I always say you have to go upstream and figure out what the causes are. But most often the cause is a perfect storm, which betrayal could be one of the storms and if it is it sounds like a nasty one <laughs> so yeah the good news is they can heal from all of it i agree all of it i agree a hundred percent if you remove the interference man the body heals mm -hmm. yeah absolutely you know debbie thank you for being on this was uh, i i think you're going to get a lot of people you know really seeking uh seeking out help and that's the purpose that's why you came on so thank mm -hmm. you for that. well thank you so much mm -hmm. absolutely well that's it for this week I hope you enjoyed today's episode, which was brought to you by Fastonic Molecular Hydrogen. Please check it out at getfastonic.com. We'll be back next week and every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern. We truly appreciate your support. You can always find us at cellularhealing.tv. And please remember to spread the love by liking, subscribing, giving an iTunes review, or sharing the show with anyone who may benefit from the information heard here. And as always, thanks for listening.